to be the one, and I'll do that. That makes me want to stand up and say, yes, sign me up. I want to be the one, and I do want to serve God, and I appreciate uh, that good song. Uh, chapter 8, verse 10 is our text passage tonight. I wanted to preach on the first part of the verse where it says, Eat the fat and drink the sweet. And I thought about preaching a sermon against diets. I'm sick and tired of low-fat, sugar-free. I don't care how much weight Brother Young is lost. Brother Young needs to be at the altar tonight. He's not been eating the fat and drinking the sweet. And uh, so, uh, but the Lord didn't let me preach on that tonight, and so you're off the hook tonight. I'm going to preach from that line in the last verse there where it says, For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Let, let, let me give you the message just right up front, and then I'm going to uh, illustrate it, and then I'm going to uh, tell you how to do what the Bible is teaching us. Many people want joy to have joy. They want to be joyful. But that's not what this passage tells us joy is for. He tells us here you need joy because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Why did they need strength? They were rebuilding the wall around the city. Many of us just want joy. But in this passage of scripture we learn that we need joy for another reason. We need joy because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And I want to preach tonight on the subject renewing your joy. Heavenly Father, help me as I preach tonight. I hunger to be a blessing to every age, uh, to every person. Uh, Lord, to those here in this building and the many, many people who watch uh, this service around the country, I pray that you would bless them in this truth. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. As we live and as we serve God in our life, we use up valuable resources that are required to serve the Lord. Therefore, those resources must be replenished continually. Now the truth is, that is the story of our life. We're constantly in every area of life using resources that are needed to live and in every area of life, we are constantly restoring the resources that we need to live. For example, I said to my wife yesterday, I don't want to get out in the cold and put gas in the truck. But I don't want to be stopped beside the road either, and so I'll fill it up. That is just a part of operating a vehicle. That's just what, that's just what you have to do. You have to fill it up with fuel if you're going to drive it. Uh, we have food and uh, we have water at home because we're constantly using those resources. Those are not just there. Those are the resources of our strength physically. And one of the dangerous things as far as sickness is concerned is to be dehydrated. Oftentimes folks will have a sickness that will cause a dehydration and end up in the hospital. A lot of Christians are dehydrated when it comes to joy and they have no ability, they have no strength to work, they have no strength to serve 
And I want to tell you tonight how to replenish your joy. I wish I had an hour to give you the message tonight, but I'll keep it in 55 minutes and not go a full hour tonight. Uh, we, uh, how many of you have a wood stove at home, a wood-burning stove at home? I don't have a wood-burning stove. I have a wood stove that's artificial. Uh, it's, it looks like a compromiser's wood stove. It has uh, gas uh, uh, to it, but even that, the natural uh, gas, has to be replenished in the tank because it uses it up. In our text passage, the people of God are rebuilding the wall. Now, they're using their strength. You know the story. The walls have been broken down by the enemy uh, some years earlier, and Nehemiah was leading the way to rebuild the walls. Now, I like the leadership of Nehemiah because he didn't just recognize we need folks who will work, and if you read, you'll find he had everybody involved. He had the men, he had the ladies, he has the adults, the seniors, he has the teens, he has the children. Everybody is a part of rebuilding the wall. But he didn't just see the importance of mixing the mortar and laying the brick. He saw the importance of having their strength renewed so they could, in fact, build the wall. May I say tonight, our work in church is very important. As we teach our Sunday school classes, as we uh, run our bus ministry, as we run uh, the Spanish church and all the many outreaches and, and the works of our church, those are important, but we can't just work in those continually. We have to do some things that we have to stop sometimes and fill up the tank so that we can continue in the work. And, and Nehemiah says, you need strength and the joy of the Lord is your strength. So this chapter is important as he steps away from the work of the wall and he focuses on the strength of the people telling them that they need to restore, that they need to replenish their joy. It's a natural thing for you to use up your joy, for you to use up your energy, and so we have to replenish that. In fact, that's what holy days or special days were about in the Scripture, giving them a time for resting, giving them a time for feasting, giving them a time of laughter with their families. Now, I could go into great detail, but uh, the way they began their holy day here, first of all, uh, they gathered around and they read the Word of God. Now, what they read specifically was the law. Are you with me tonight? They read the law. And when they read the law, then they helped the people to understand uh, what the law meant. When we think of the law, we think of the basic Ten Commandments, and that was a part of it. Uh, but he talked about every area in all of those books, Genesis and the creation and, and, and the fall of man and Noah and the destruction of the world and because of their sin. Uh, they read the story of Noah's success. They read the stories of Noah's sin. Uh, they read of the great exodus. They read of the Levitical tribe. They read of the numbers of people that went and their importance and their responsibilities. They read that rewriting of the law or the Constitution, as I like to refer to the book of Deuteronomy. And when they read that, 
There was a mourning among the people because they said, you know what, we've slipped in this area and in this area, and boy, if we're not careful, we're going to fall under the curses rather than the blessings. So the first thing they did to replenish their joy and to begin a solemn feast day and to begin a happy holy day was the reading of the Word of God. Sometimes we go on vacation and leave our Bibles at home. Let me just go ahead and preach to you right now in February about your summer vacation. Summer vacation shouldn't hurt you spiritually. It ought to strengthen you spiritually and you shouldn't do things that kill you spiritually. But you better do some things to renew your joy because the joy of the Lord is your strength. The second thing they did after they read the law, they helped the people to understand the law. Then we find that there was repentance of their sin and their failure. And after they had revival meeting, it's right in the book, they had dinner on the ground. What we would call dinner on the ground. Here's what he said. Now I want you to go home and I want you to eat the fat and drink the sweet. Don't you wish tomorrow was a holy day? Hey, it's, it's President's Day tomorrow. There you go. And uh, there's an opportunity. Uh, but, but, but they went home and he said, I want you to. Are you listening? He said, I want you to go home. I want you to enjoy the holy day. They've made things right with God. There was a sorrowful repentance. He told them to get rid of their tears, get rid of their fasting, uh, put that behind them, and enjoy some time of rest uh, and, some, and to enjoy the feastings and the fellowship of the family. Here's the reason. He said, I want you to put some joy in your tank. I want you to put some joy in your tank because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Do you see the picture tonight? I read recently an interesting book that included a report given to the United States military in 1942. And the, and the report was about the importance of the soldiers having time to rest and recover. And in this book they called that, as many know the term, R&R. And the report told of how when soldiers were on duty, they had to be both physically and mentally alert and ready at any time to move into action. And that report and that book said in order to do this, the soldiers must have time to rest, they must have time to restore, they must have time to rejuvenate. They talked about the importance of them having laughter. Uh, do you know our military, even uh, in, uh, in, on foreign soil, uh, would send, uh, would send uh, let me see, what do they call them? Comedians. Now, when you say comedian today, you think of somebody that, that, uh, that whose mom and dad didn't teach them to talk nice. You don't have to talk dirty to be funny. You don't. And so they would send a comedian and they would tell stories. They would talk about home. Uh, they would talk about a lot of different things because they said it's important for them to laugh. Now the report I read said we must be careful that we don't promote immoral behavior. That's the one I read, that we don't promote it and that we provide activities because they have, have to have activity away. 
Well, before 1942, Nehemiah said to his people, he said, we need some fellows that are going to mix mortar. Uh, we need folks that are going to put bricks on the wall. Uh, we need people to stand guard with their swords uh, uh, to keep them from being attacked. We've got a lot of work to do. We've got to have strength, and the joy of the Lord is our strength. So there has to be time that we step off the wall and we restore our joy so that when we come back and we're rebuilding the wall, we're not doing it with a dreadful attitude, but doing it with a joyful attitude and singing the joy of the Lord is my strength. Now that's the purpose of the message. That is the message tonight. Now, here's the instruction. Where do we get the joy of the Lord? How do we restore the joy of the Lord? Where do we fill our tanks up uh, and get more joy of the Lord? I don't know how many different places where you can find the joy of the Lord in the Bible, but I have 10, as I told you it would take an hour to give all of them uh, or give all of them in detail, but I just want to tell you where you can find joy for your tank. Are you with me tonight? Now, the purpose of the message is to say you don't need joy so you can sit on your porch and drink coffee and just have joy. We don't need joy to have joy. We need joy to have strength, and so we need to have strength so we can serve. We need strength. He's not talking about being happy in laziness. He's talking about having the joy of the Lord to serve. That's the purpose of Nehemiah chapter 8 and what he's teaching. You need the joy of the Lord. I'm not talking about just going around whistling all the time. I'm talking about laying bricks while you whistle. I'm talking about mixing mortar with the joy of the Lord. Well, first of all, God gives joy. God gives joy himself. God gives joy. In Psalm number 51, the psalmist has sinned against God. You know what he lost when he sinned against God? He lost his joy. Have you noticed how sin makes people unhappy and they lose their joy? They don't have joy in their sin. Now, pleasure is different. They have pleasure in sin, and the Bible says specifically that they do, but there's pleasure in sin for a season. I want to have joy in serving the Lord. David had sinned, and here's what he said in Psalm 51 in verse number 12. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. He had lost that with sin, and God restored his joy. He said many things in that passage of Scripture, and he talked about singing. He said, my sin had brought me to the place not only have I not been singing, it bothers me to hear anybody else sing. I want the joy of thy salvation restored because I want to enjoy their singing because I want to enjoy singing again. And it's an amazing thing how that joy and singing go together. I love to see folks serve with joy to serve the Lord with gladness. Now listen to me. It's not time to sleep. Listen to me. It's not time to sleep. Listen. It's time to listen now. We need to put some joy in our tank, and the way we do that is we spend time with God, and God is the restorer of our joy. Those of you that are sleeping and want to take a nap, do it, do it during the volleyball game tonight. Don't do it while I preach. All right? If you students need to take a nap, don't go to the volleyball game. Just go to your dorm and take a nap. Are you with me? 
God is the restorer. It is interesting to note as you go through the scripture, those who went to God in prayer confessing their sin that when God, when God forgave them of their sin, joy was connected with forgiveness. When the prodigal son was in the foreign country, when he was afar, in the far country away from home, he had no joy, he had no gladness, but when he returned home, he returned to the joy. Now, I don't need joy just to be happy. I don't need joy just to be glad. I don't need joy just to be joyful. I need joy because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Let me give you the second one. There's joy in the presence of the Lord. Turn your Bible to Psalm number 16. Psalm number 16. Psalm number 16, I want you to look at verse number 11. Psalm 16, 11, thou wilt show me the path of life. Notice this. In thy presence is, the full, is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. The more time we spend with God, the more time we spend in his presence, the more joy we have and the joy of the Lord is our strength. I don't need joy for joy. I need joy for strength and I find joy in the presence of the Lord. When Moses spent time in the presence of the Lord, the people knew about it because there was a glow about Moses and they recognized he had been in the presence of the Lord. If, if, if you were drawing a picture of joy, if you wanted to put draw a picture of a person's face and you wanted to make them joyful, I think you'd put a smile on their face. I think maybe you'd put a glow about them that they were lit up, they were glad in their service. And when Moses spent time with God, in the presence of God is fullness of joy. David's time in the presence of the Lord gave him a joy and strength that he used not just for joy. David's joy was not just for songwriting, it was for giant killing. I want you to think about this. In the presence of the Lord, he saw the greatness of God. When he got down to the battlefield, King Saul had seen the greatness of Goliath. So if we are overwhelmed by our circumstances, perhaps we need to go get our tank refilled and get over here in the presence of the Lord and say, there's some big giants out there, but they ain't half the size of my God. There's joy because there's victory in him. And when David approached that battlefield, uh, he said to him, uh, all Israel's going to know that there is a God in heaven because he brought the presence of God and the joy of the Lord to the battlefield and he defeated the giant. And so where do we get joy in our tank? In the presence of the Lord. Quit trying to hurry up and have a one-minute devotion. If you want to save time, skip lunch. Paul say, preacher, you're preaching dirty now. That's, 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 that's hard. 
But, but we need to spend time in the presence of God, don't we? I mean, we need to spend time in the presence of God. I mean, we need to spend time alone so that we can say to God, I want to come into your presence. I want you to know that you have my attention. Let me give you the third one. Joy is in obedience to the Lord. I love this, and I'll give you several psalms here. Psalm 97, turn your Bibles there quickly. Psalm 97, go to verse number 10. Joy is in obedience to the Lord. Now, I don't need joy to have joy. I don't need joy just to be happy tomorrow. I need joy to serve God tomorrow. I don't need joy just to be happy. I need joy to, uh, to fight against the wiles of the devil tomorrow. I don't need joy just to have joy. I need joy to win a soul to Christ tomorrow. I don't need joy just to have joy. I need to have joy to stand against the wiles of the devil and the tricks and the, and the deceptions of Satan. I want to be able to stand and I need strength. And to have strength, I need to have joy. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. Notice Psalm 97 in verse number 10. The Bible says, Ye that love the Lord hate evil. He preserveth the souls of his saints. He delivereth them out of the hand of the wicked. Light is sown for the righteous and gladness for the upright in heart. Rejoice in the Lord, ye righteous. Rejoice in the Lord. There's the joy. Rejoice in the Lord, ye righteous, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Now there's joy and obedience. A Christian who has sin in their life avoids those that represent God in their life. We see the first picture in the Garden of Eden when, when God goes to the garden as he did uh, uh, to meet Adam in the cool of every day. And Adam had hidden himself. Why did he hide? Because of sin. Why do children hide? Because they do wrong. Why do teenagers hide? Because they do wrong. Uh, why do folks hide on the internet and hide on their phone and hide in the foolishness? Because of sin. That's what sin always does. But you know what righteousness does? Righteousness makes you glad. Righteousness, righteousness makes you want to see people. You don't, you don't dread seeing people. You enjoy saying good morning and good evening and it's a good day because of your, of, of, of your time living in righteousness. And this passage of Scripture tells us exactly uh, what uh, uh, the Bible says about living in righteousness and that righteousness gives us a joy or a boldness. Now, folks, listen. Hollywood can make sin look fun, adventurous, thrilling, enticing, attractive, and put it in bright lights. But it is always empty. It is always vain. It is always disappointing. It is always heartbreaking. It is always painful. Righteousness satisfies and gives joy. Obedience gives joy. Sin brings solitude. And I want to be by myself. Give me the fourth thing. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Nehemiah said, hey, fellas, I'm not working on the wall today. It's a holy day. I want everybody to put down your, 
trowels and put down your swords. We're going to gather around and uh, we're going to read and the priests are going to read the law and then they're going to explain what it means from Genesis uh, to Deuteronomy. And after they explain what it means, we're going to have an invitation time. They repented of their sin and wrong. They made things right. Nehemiah said, okay, now it's time. Uh, we've had a time of repentance. We've made the changes in our heart that we need to make. It's time now to eat the fat and drink the sweet. Well, I like saying that. That's good preaching right there. Eat the fat and drink the sweet. That's what he said. I'm going to preach the truth whether you died or like it or not. And, uh, and, 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 and so he said, he said, it's time. I want you to go home. I want you to spend time with your families. I want you to spend time because you need your joy filled back up. You don't need joy just so you can whistle. You need joy so you can whistle while you lay bricks. You need joy so you can whistle while you mix mortar. You need joy so you can uh, whistle while you hold the sword and protect the men that are serving. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Number four, joy is found in delighting in the word of God. Turn to Psalm 119. Now, if you say, I don't like reading the Bible, you're admitting that your flesh is in control. In spiritual warfare, we must crucify the flesh because the Spirit enjoys you reading the Word of God. So we have to crucify the flesh and say, I am going to delight myself in the Word of God. Let's look at the specific verse, Psalm 119, 111. Psalm 119, 111. Thy testimonies have I taken as in heritage forever for they are the rejoicing of my heart. If you go back to this verse, verse 105, this section or passage of Scripture, Psalm 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn and I will perform it that I will keep thy righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according unto thy word. Except I beseech thee the freewill offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. My soul is continually in my hand, yet do I not forget the law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. Thy testimonies have I taken as an heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined my heart to perform thy statutes always, even unto the end. He said, I found joy in delighting in the word of God. So I need to read the word of God to find joy. But I don't need to find joy to have joy. I need to have joy to have strength so I can work on the wall. They would call timeout during the ball games. Players would come all on, come over all wet with sweat, and boy, I'm telling you, they'd been playing hard. And there were folks there on the bench. They were standing there, and they had water bottles or Gatorade bottles or Red Bull bottles. I don't know what was in them, but they, uh, they, they, they were giving them water to drink. You know why? They were replenishing them. Nobody turned around to me and said, Preacher, you want a drink? Not one person. I watched 426 games and nobody, I don't know how many games I watched. Well, I say, preacher, you wasn't supposed to get any water. You was watching. Oh, I see. The water was for the players so they could renew their strength so they could go back out and play. 
So we're in church today not just to get filled up, not just to have joy. I don't read the Word of God just to have joy so I can say I'm a joyful Christian. No, sir, the joy of the Lord is my strength. That's why I need to read the Word of God. I've got to refill my tank with joy because I need the joy of the, strength of the Lord, uh, my strength in serving Him. Number five, joy is found in wisdom. You have to see this. Ecclesiastes chapter 2. You're in Psalms, go to Proverbs, and Ecclesiastes chapter 2. You've got to see this. Joy is found in wisdom. Proverbs 15, 23 tells us that there is joy in wisdom, or wisdom brings joy. Let me show you something in Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and verse number 26. You're going to like this. I like it. I want you to see it. Ecclesiastes 2.26 For God giveth to a man that is good in his sight. For God giveth to a man that is good in his sight wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner he giveth travail to gather and to heap up that he may give it to him that is good before God. Now tell me you don't like that. Let's read it again. For God giveth to a man that is good. He giveth to a man that is good in his sight wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner he giveth travail. To gather and to heap up that he may give to him that is good before God. And then Solomon makes that statement that he makes so many times. This also is vanity and vexation of spirit. We don't want to live an empty life of vanity and vexation. We want to live a life of wisdom because with wisdom is joy. With wisdom is the blessings of God. Joy is found in hoping. Proverbs 10, 28. Psalm 78 said, tell them the stories of God, that they would set their hope in God. Joy is found in hoping. Number seven, joy is found in answered prayer. John 16, 24, when God answers our prayer, it gives us joy. I have many joyful things on my prayer list today that are answered prayers. I look at that and I say, wow, that fills my tank of joy. I don't need a full tank of joy just to sit and idle. I need a full tank of joy because the joy of the Lord is my strength and my strength is what I use to serve Him. Number eight, joy is found in yielding to the Holy Spirit. Galatians chapter 5 verses 20 through 25. He tells us to walk in the Spirit and then in the end of the chapter he says the fruit of the Spirit, one of those nine characteristics is joy. When I walk in the Spirit, when I yield to the Spirit, it puts joy in my tank. And when I get joy in my tank, I have strength. And when I have strength, I can serve the Lord and I can serve Him with gladness. Number nine, joy comes from rehearsing the goodness of the Lord. Paul wrote to the church at Philippi and he began in chapter 1 and he told them in verse number 3 as he often did, when I think of you I rejoice and when I think of the folks that I have the privilege to serve with and I think of the young men and the young ladies that are serving God that grew up in this church that are serving God around the country. I have great joy as I get text messages from 5 o'clock in the morning on Sunday morning throughout the day and into the night preaching 
picture we had, and I'll get notes that our young men had anywhere from 20 in church to 400, and I rejoice with him. It puts joy in my tank. I don't want to just be happy. I want the joy of the Lord to be my strength so I can serve God with gladness. Number 10, joy comes from trusting in the Lord. Psalm number 40, the Bible said, He heard my cry. He lifted me up out of the horrible pit. He set my feet on a solid rock. He established my goings. And he said, he put a joy in my heart. My joy, my joy comes from trusting in the Lord. Stand with me tonight. Here's the message. Uh, 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 Nehemiah said, hey, fellas, I want us to take a break. It's a holy day. It's a holy day. I want you to fill your joy tank up because the joy of the Lord is your strength. We don't need days off just to be have days off. We need days off to fill up our joy tank. Joy of the Lord is our strength. <clears throat> strength helps me to fulfill my purpose. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd bless.